pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 182. Today I'm going to chat with Weston Thurman and Chris Mills from Ballistic Dummy Lab, discuss a Congressional Research Service report on braces, highlight the new PDP pistol from Walther, and it's kind of tough to say, and talk about some insane fact checking that was happening on Instagram this week. I am your host, Ava Flannell, and Weston, Chris, how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, of course. Yeah, super excited about this. Really? Because that doesn't sound like you're excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Just kidding. Yes, this is a great experience for us because this is actually our first podcast that we're on. Nice. Yeah. So we've been asked a few times now to go on a podcast and never really got the uh, schedules jiving so it's great to finally be on one well i'm honored that i'm your first (laughs) (laughs) you got our podcast jerry yeah i know i love it all right before we get in and talk about what you guys do i'm going to take a quick break real quick and talk about smith and wesson If you have a youngster you want to teach to shoot, or maybe you just want to shoot more affordably, which pretty much doesn't seem to exist nowadays, but you should definitely check out the MMP 1522. It's obviously chambered in 22 long rifle, which it's still expensive, but it's a lot more affordable compared to all the other calibers out there. I think it's a great way to teach somebody how to shoot, whether it's a child, an adult. 22s are just a really easy platform to learn on. It's not as intimidating. There's not a lot of recoil. I would definitely recommend check out that AR-15-22. They're also very light. They only weigh 4.5 pounds. Again, another reason why it would be really good to teach kids. They're super versatile with M-Lock forens to attach accessories. You can pick between a variety of colors, including camo patterns with iron sights or red dots. They also have threaded barrels. So if you have a suppressor, they're even more fun. MSRP on those range between $461 to $521, depending on the options you pick. Check those out along with a bunch of other stuff that they have to offer at smith-wesson.com. Learn the things you never knew on deconstructing the industry. Guys, before we get into talking about Ballistic Dummy Lab, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started in this industry. When did you get into guns or when did you have some sort of weird obsession with dummies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it all started. No, just kidding. Um, it's kind of funny you you brought up the 22s with uh, Smith & Wesson because when I was a kid uh, in Boy Scout camp, we always got the opportunity to, to shoot 22s and it's a great training platform for kids i think to to get a respect for a gun and you know Mm -hmm. be able to handle you know like you said the weight and the size of everything yeah definitely um it was a lot of fun because yeah bb gun's great but when you graduate to real bullets it's it's a whole different story so Mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun for me always that was kind of my introduction i had a great introduction to guns as as a kid 
you know, I had an uncle on the ranch and whatnot in uh, San Luis Obispo. So he'd always teach me respect and take me hunting and whatnot. But that actually has nothing to do with how I started Ballistic Dummy, believe it or not. I'm a special effects uh, makeup and prop artist for the film industry. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it since uh, I was 19. So I don't, I don't know if I want to date myself right now, but let's say about since 97. And basically it found me. I was on a production called The Deadliest Warrior. Mm-hmm. And my wife is actually a makeup artist as well. She was the regular makeup artist on the show. And they called me in one day and they're like, can you make these? And I said, sure, I can, you know, I can give it a shot. So I went home and, and kind of played around and brought them ahead the next day. And they're like, great, how much you want for them? So we set a price and whatnot. And that was that. So right about the halfway through season one, I started making all the dummies for them. And I was with them till the end. Um, that's where we innovated and created a lot of the basis of what we use today. And then from then on, honestly, it just became a, an evolution through, you know, different production companies calling me because of the popularity of the show and whatnot. So the whole time it was actually a, um, a side gig until I had some changes in my life. Um, I had a son born in 2011 and um, some other changes where I just wanted to work less hours. I don't know if anybody knows about the film industry or not, but basically... A lot of hours worked and uh, you don't see your family a lot. And I wanted to change that up. So I stopped doing as much special effects. I actually moved my shop to the house and whatnot. So I kind of slowed everything down a little bit. But I kept doing the ballistic dummies on call, basically, whoever would call me. So, you know, it was just a little bit here and there, a television show here. The military would call for something here or there. Or sometimes you get a random call from people who just want to, you know, basically play with them. And we started the pilot season of um, Forged in Fire. That would be probably when I dove back into the business a little heavier and got a little more serious about it. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn a lot with them because they were in New York and I was in L.A. And they needed dummies almost every, every other week. So I learned a lot about shipping across the country. Imagine making a bowl of jello <laughs> with bones and, and <laughs> organs in it. And you're trying to get this thing across the country in all different temperatures, in all different scenarios, and the lovely way that our shipping industry deals with our packages. And that bowl of jello has to arrive to New York the same way you shipped it out in LA. It was <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yeah, it was it was a <laughs> it was a bit of a learning curve on on all ends. <laughs> but they were very patient with me. We figured out some good packaging deals and you know started doing things a little bit differently. We created like inserts, you know, custom vacuform inserts for the boxes. And in the summer we had to do temperature control and things like that. So hmm. definitely learned a lot over the years with them. Nice. That's really cool. I don't know if I missed it, but what even made the first company contact you to say, Hey, do you think that you can make these dummies? What was oh, it about your I'm background? Sorry, that- yeah. it's a, <laughs> Maybe I'm on autopilot in my brain, but um, <laughs> <laughs> when I was, when we were doing deadliest warrior, uh, the guy who actually invented the idea of the ballistic dummy for this purpose, I'm not going to say it was never on television before this, you know, cause uh, I don't know if you all remember Mythbusters, but, it was a great show. They did a lot of cool little things with ballistic gelatin. Mm-hmm. 
But when Deadliest Warrior first came on, they brought this really good artist named Mike De La Rosa. And he kind of created the whole idea of the dummy on screen and whatnot. Basically, he ran into some life issues, as we all do now and again. And um, he wasn't able to, like, produce what they needed him to produce. And I, I don't know whether, you know, it's freaking 11 years ago now. I don't remember the exact details. But they brought me in to kind of, like, finish with his dummies and then learn about how to build them. And then I kind of just one-upped it a little bit and made my own gelatin formula and, you know, did basically my version of them. So, yeah, it was just a kind of like a changing of guard type of thing, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I mean, Mike and I are cool, you know, as artists together, you know, we, we both acknowledge that I always acknowledge that I didn't invent them, but I just, you know, created the the modern day one or whatnot. Yeah, definitely. And then, Chris, what about you? What was your experience growing up? And I'm assuming you guys are kind of into guns, but then again, that's just an assumption. You guys are based in California. so. For all I know, I just invited the other side on the show. (laughs) Well, I mean, honestly, I was very fortunate to grow up uh, nonpartisan. Yeah. My parents never affiliated with a party and they kept it, uh, you know, between my both of my parents, they voted on both sides of the, you know, Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And it kind of gave me a different view on politics and what politics should actually be involved in and what they shouldn't be involved in and whatnot. Yeah. So for me, I pretty much grew up, you know, it's not, for me, it's not so much a side. It's like, I like what I like, you know, it doesn't have to align with, you know, a politic or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course I support second amendment rights or, you know, you know, I think that's kind of a no brainer. Yeah. But It's you know written right there in the constitution, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I grew up with guns. Like I said, I I you know I used to shoot um, 22s a lot in um, in archery and and Boy Scouts, and then my uncle um, at his ranch, you know, he basically taught me hunting rifles and uh, shotguns and stuff like that because we had a real safe environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was given respect for guns at a, you know, a very young age, which I think is important for that whole generation, yeah. you know, or not generation that the whole age group, I think there's a certain age when you should learn that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as guns go, that's pretty much where I'm at, you know, and, and then from then on, it's just been very recreational. I am not a gun expert by any means. I know how to use one. I know the safety, you know, of using one. And I have, I have a lot of respect for them. Mm-hmm. And especially you badasses, you can shoot, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I know you're like an amazing marks. We can't mm-hmm. say even marksman anymore. What do we say? Marks person? <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> yeah, I hear yeah. you. When did you guys bring Weston to the company? Yeah, let me. Uh, I, oh, you uh, we got to get Weston talking because yeah, yeah, I haven't, I haven't said a word. What, well, <laughs> no, and, Enough and, about me. Let's talk about you. Well, plus also I feel bad. We got to get Weston talking because he's freezing. I actually made him go out in the cold to record because the 3d printer that you guys were printing was going and it was making some screeching noise. Uh, we can't have that. Listeners are going to hate it. You know, <laughs> right now. Yeah. So if you guys hear teeth chattering, that's why. <laughs> Um, I started with Chris uh, a little over a year ago. 
I actually met him through the gym that he was working at too. Mm-hmm. He had a fuel bar there because he's he's also little does everybody know he's a coach mills in our town. So he did a lot of training and stuff like that. So the gym that I went to, I met him through there. Uh, my mom actually worked there as well. And um, I had just left my other job and he was trying to grow and develop BDL, Ballistic Dummy Lab, um, to the next level. And it was something I have been in business development for the last like four to five years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was something totally different for me. Came from a completely different industry and not near as niche as what we do. So it was like, I really wanted to take the challenge on as far as um, where we could take the company. Um, And I started out by just, he hired me to do the website and stuff and then kind of just told him what we could do with it from there. He was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's run with it. And um, that's pretty much how we got started. And of course, you know, two, three months into getting everything cranking and rolling really hard and progressing for a killer 2020, the infamous COVID-19 decided to start spreading and pretty much shut everything down for us. Um, California, as everybody knows, probably had California and New York, I think was like some of the worst lockdowns um, still to this day. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just a nightmare that nobody wanted to have. And it just seems like we haven't really even woken up from it Yeah, (laughs) because um, just because like a lot of the stuff that we do is military law enforcement now. Mm -hmm. And everybody got a little bit scared of spending money when that happened. And of course, you know, who knows the outcome of it. So I, I, we just had to accept it and keep running with it. But I mean, my background was like, I've always been into like off-roading and cars. And mm-hmm. I started working for my dad when I was about 15, building Corvettes with him. And then, um, but I was always around guns. So I, I'd say for the last 10 years of my life, maybe more guns have been in and I've always just loved shooting them and, mm-hmm. and learning from people that I knew. I have a lot of my buddies from high school that joined the military and became police officers and stuff. And that's what kind of driven me to like, Oh, let's go shooting. Let's go shooting. And then it became like a thing that we did in the desert all the time. So, um, but I, same way I have a huge respect level for guns where, um, to be safe and cautious with them. And, but it is definitely one of my favorite hobbies now. Okay, cool. That I get to play with fun targets. Right. No kidding. (laughs) How realistic in comparison is one of your, let's say, the full torso dummy? And for people who don't realize, you mentioned that there's bones and organs and this big thing of gelatin, and it looks extremely realistic. But how does it compare if someone were going to use it for ballistic reasons? Go ahead, Chris. You can talk. Oh, you start since I started the the whole, you go and then I'll just add, add anything if I want to. Chris has really worked hard at making it as realistic as possible. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing is is definitely having the bones and organs inside. The gel is is a proprietary blend of herbs and spices. Um, hmm. So it's a lot different from your standard ballistic gelatin. We've he's created it to be something that's. I mean, it is animal. It's it's pretty much you know gelatin's 
all pig whatever all the, the fun stuff in there so it's it's as realistic as possible no way chime in real quick yeah throw in your 10 cents yeah so i mean one one of the challenges we were dealing with when i was developing the gelatin is fbi standard formula is very temperature sensitive and you pretty much have to ice it up until you use it even in you know regular temperatures i don't know have you used it before eva no i have not okay yeah, so it, it, it's it's very temperamental to get you know the exact um, calibration down. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to create a product that, honestly, I developed it to survive under the movie lights, which are very hot, mm-hmm. even some sometimes hotter than just being out on a regular day under the sun. Mm-hmm. So I needed something that was very stable. So what we created was a gelatin that was stable from. All the way up to about 95 degrees, you can still use it with with pretty good accuracy for blunt force trauma or for uh, penetration and whatnot. So that was a big challenge on that. Yes, we do use a, as he said, a pork product uh, gelatin. I'll give that little secret away. Um, we use a high bloom strength gelatin that is actually made out of a pork skin. Mm-hmm. Um, gelatins are made out of a lot of different things. Um, they can be made out of ground up bones, um, tendons, you know, other things but ours is actually made out of a pork skin. So it's part of the reason why I think it's fairly accurate when it comes to um, skin and, and muscle density, because, you know, it is that actual product with some additives in it. Mm-hmm. In comparison to actual real tissue, this somewhere to do ballistic testing on it, you think that it would mimic pretty much the same results that they would get if they were to use it in a real life scenario. Yeah. So we're, we're currently into, we're always trying to make the better version, the next version. I mean, that's kind of my job. I'm like R and D guy. So I love like diving in and really trying to make, you know, what, what would be more accurate? What would be better? So the only one thing we run into when it comes mostly to slicing with a, either a knife or a sword is imagine if you slice a, um, like actual flesh. Mm-hmm. As soon as you cut it, um, the blade is lubricated because there's, you know, blood and fluids and whatnot below the skin. Well, the gelatin isn't naturally lubricated. So that's one of the one of the things you end up with with knives and swords and whatnot. As far as bullets go, um, it's pretty good with the penetration. One thing that's a little bit different is, you know, the body changes many densities as you go through it. I mean, the skin has a different tear strength than fat and muscle has a different tear strength than tendons and all of that is in your body. So when when I was creating the initial torso, you know, I had to pick the main changers inside the body. And so I picked the bones and the organs, you know, to, to start with. Um, but currently we are working on skin, muscle, tendon, all that. Um, yeah, no, that's pretty cool. I'm going to take a quick break real quick. Talk about SB tactical. If you have a pistol with a Picatinny rail on the rear of it, but you want to add a brace with length of pull adjustment, there's a new adapter at SB tactical that you should check out. The STAP adapter made by Midwest industries is available to use with the SBA3 or SBA4 on your Picatinny rail pistols to give you the desired adjustment. 
The adapter gives you the same look and six position adjustment of a buffer tube, but since you don't have a buffer in it, you get to use the tube for waterproof storage. The adapter is in stock right now for only $79.95, and you can grab the SBA3 while you're at it. If you use the code GUNFUNNY15, you will get 15% off, and that is at sb-tactical.com. For those who are less familiar with ballistic gel, myself included, can you explain the difference between the 10% block and the 20% block and why you would get one over the other? Yeah, I think that's a good one for Wes. So in reality, there's no choosing one versus the other. 10% block is like the FBI protocol block. What we've done with the 20% block is make it so it's a little bit tougher for like an AR and whatnot. So you're shooting different rounds through it. The 10% block is more like your handgun, um, nine mil, 40, 45, lower feet per second rounds, you know, and then going upwards to the 20%, it's just a, it's a much more dense gel. So in reality, there's no reason to choose one or the other. It's what you're going to be testing. And it all comes down to how much in reality, it's all. So as I'm sitting here flustered now, fucking A, um, <laughs> everybody knows how gelatin's made. Ours is, like I said, special. So there's some things we don't talk about with it because we don't want in our trade secrets out there. But, uh, you know, it's, it's more water. It's, it's, there's just different things that we've done to create the 20%. There's no real reason, like I said, why you'd choose one versus the other unless it was you're doing strict ballistic testing and you wanted to shoot an AR versus a handgun. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the one thing, the, the main point, the main takeaway with the 10 versus 20, it kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier. The whatever standard you're going to use, stick with the same standard, you know, if you're testing things against each other scientifically. But also, um, like I talked about earlier, a body has so many different densities in it. There's no way you could create one gel that would simulate all the densities in the body. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to have to decide, you know, what's more realistic. Am I, am I going to be shooting just through soft flesh? Or am I going to encounter some of the other things that are a little harder in the body? Maybe I need the 20%. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then also I noticed that shelf life on the gel is three to four weeks. Is that to just ensure that they're within the specified calibration of the gel? Or is there something about the organic gel that breaks down? It's a little bit of both, but mostly calibration, especially when you're using swords and whatnot like in deadliest warrior you have to be careful because of the the gel as the gelatin loses water it becomes tougher mm-hmm. so if it becomes too tough um injuries can actually occur if some imagine somebody strikes with all their force at like a soup they're expecting ballistic gel but they hit something that's like rubber mm-hmm. it, it could actually create injuries mm-hmm. um also so yes calibration is part of it um Yes, the gel does break down over time. Um, we put inhibitors for mold and whatnot in there. So it's pretty good on that front. But as far as, you know, just general drying up, crusting, you know, or yeah. on the rare occasion that some extra water got in there somehow, you know, there could be some mold issues as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Can the organic gel from your blocks be melted and reused for synthetic blocks? 
You mean like synthetic bars? Yeah. It's funny that you bring that up. We've been dealing with some remelt issues and it's a property I always knew about gelatin. Gelatin has a, a strange thing where, where if you cook it too much, it breaks down the proteins and it actually becomes weaker. It's kind of kind of weird. It has less of a tear strength. Mm-hmm. So imagine like I had, let's say, say I made a fresh batch of, of my gelatin mm-hmm. and, I, and I only needed half of it. And so I pour up what I need and then I save the rest. It'll save fine for a few days. But if I keep reheating it every day and not using it, it breaks down a little bit more every day. So if I go to pour up a head or something like, you know, two or three or four days later, you know, if I've heated it up that many times, it'll actually be very fragile compared to the original gelatin. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. And then a lot of people say that if you really want to do ballistic testing, you should do a meat target rather than the gel for a more realistic result. I actually <laughs> did have to do a meat target once. Somebody contacted me and hey, will you check out this ammo and do a ballistic test? Yeah, sure. Okay, well, we need you to buy two racks of ribs, some pork chops, some oranges. What the hell? What did I sign up for? <laughs> <laughs> how did you feel about it? I'm going to ask you first. How did you feel about the test? Uh, it was kind of tough because unless it's lined up properly, I shot three rounds of each of the nine millimeter and then 380 on two different sides. And unless things lined up properly, there was some times where it would skip through the orange and then go through because I did ribs in the front and in the back and then some pork chops. And then in the center, there was oranges. And I don't know, it definitely did a lot of damage. And I was surprised to see the difference with 380 and nine. But I don't know if it would really give a completely accurate result of what to actually expect. I always laugh so hard when I hear that, you know, like when they do the meat tests and they get like stuff to try to mimic a body where Mm -hmm. it's like literally a rack of ribs. Yeah. And then your orange is your organ. (laughs) Like it's, it's pretty funny to me that like, that's a hard target to hit. Anyways, if you were to, you know, try to aim for you're trying to hit that vital organ and explode that orange, like Mm -hmm. you got to find a big ass orange. (laughs) Yeah. I think one thing that I don't want to be too, uh, how can I put it? Uh, Lack of a better word, gross. But (laughs) one of the coolest things about a body is when you hit a cavity with a round and whether, you know, usually a higher caliber round or a shotgun or whatnot. You have a lot of hydrostatic shock. So as soon as you imagine your this cavity is not just being filled with a bullet, it's being filled with air and then it expands and then contracts. And so I think uh, when you, you know, when you get a rack of ribs, you don't have any of that or, you know, like that's one thing I like about our bodies. They're a closed environment. We did a test on uh, Deadliest Warrior where uh, it's a sniper test where you hit a certain place in the skull and it'll blow an eyeball out. <laughs> Hmm. it works (laughs) it's it's pretty pretty crazy wow yeah no kidding i think our products are way more realistic than meat for sure we have a lot of local law enforcement um, guys that we work with and even a real life scenario you know these these guys have been in 
numerous of shootings and whatnot, officer-involved shootings that have gone sideways really fast. And that's why we work with these guys is because they want to train. And we brought one of the local PD guys to the range near us. And he was like, holy crap, this is, this is gross how realistic it is. You know, like it's, it was the coolest thing for us to hear that because it was like, he's been in multiple shootings where it's like he demonstrated what had happened. And I'm like, he's like, this is exact, like to a T, like what, what actually happened. Like we did all the autopsy on the body and like, this is coming, like he's digging out the bullets out of the ballistic gel. It was, it was super cool. So to hear that was super awesome. And like I said, we work with so many different military branches, not just United States, but like Canada, um, UK and whatnot. And it's really great to hear the feedback from them mm-hmm. because it helps us build the product even better and we can get real life actual reviews from it that people have done this, the same stuff to, or, you know, been involved with, with actual people mm-hmm. to make our products better. And that's all they, they've always wanted to do is like, Oh, well we can do this. Like, can you do this? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's try it. You know? And, so we've we've worked with a lot of military guys to build custom products for them and and whatnot. So like the latest one was a instruction on blasting caps. Blasting caps are one of the most dangerous freaking little caps in the world. That's that's an explosive. You know, there's no safe way to carry them or anything. Mm-hmm. And they can go off in your hand or your pocket at any time. So we built this special hand that secures a blasting cap in the fist like a clenched fist and they did a test on it and now they order them all the time because it's like they want to make sure everybody's being safe with them Mm -hmm. Hmm. interesting what are all the products that you guys offer because right now i'm looking at your instagram page which it's just so crazy how realistic it is and there's even a picture where the bolt's going through the torso and you see blood coming out and it's insane but is it safe to assume that you offer pretty much every body part in the form of gel, I guess? Yeah. I mean, currently we, you can piece a body down. I mean, I don't know if it's sick that I talk about bodies this uh, dry and, and <laughs> <laughs> right. As we're like laughing about it. It's so weird. Cause they're just like props to me. But then, you know, when you start to think of what you're replicating, it gets a little different, but I don't know. It's just a weird, it's a weird People state. Take of it differently. Yeah. People <laughs> definitely take it differently. One of our gnarly posts that we did, like people were like, oh my gosh, you guys are so sick. You're laughing about it. I'm like, (laughs) well, I'm sorry that we laughed about it, but it's not like we're laughing at a real person getting a shotgun, a 12 gauge to the head. You know, it's. It is pretty funny to get sprayed by fake blood. You know, you know, it's fake. Well, also, rule number one, never name the dummies. Right. (laughs) Everybody does it though. Every person that we, that we work with, name them. Like this, this is Fred. I'm like, oh goodness. Uh, And then talk about some controversy. You know, I had to make the woman dummy for a TV show, and oh yeah, we have women dummies as well. And everyone's like, ooh. (laughs) Yeah. So I also you get the perverts on there. Yeah, sure. sure. But also the people who you know the thought of the chivalrous people who are the thought of violence against a woman is just you know like no thank you. (laughs) Wow. What are the costs for some of this stuff? And oh, is it, oh yeah, it's, is yeah, it available no, sorry, to the public? Yeah, sorry about that. I mean, we went on a little tangent there. 
but yeah, basically you can break a body down and, and, and to have the body part of it, if it's on a body. And then what about cost? If somebody right now listening to this show, man, that would be really cool to get a torso and do some testing. What would, let's say a torso cost? We have many different options for the torsos. So they come headless with a head with no organs, with organs, like no blood, so that any test can happen. Yeah. Our unloaded, what we call an unloaded torso, comes with uh, no organs, just the bone structure inside. Those are $1,550, $1,550, not $15.50. <laughs> and then the fully loaded torso goes up to $1,950. So it's a $400 upcharge for the organs inserted in. And then like our headless torsos are a little bit more cost effective because mainly a lot of the cost goes into when somebody realizes how heavy they are Mm -hmm. and how they have to be shipped. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's $400 for freight to my house. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like that's our cost. We're not charging you any extra. Yeah. You're basically shipping a human across. Exactly. So like our torsos, those weigh about like 85 to 90 pounds. And then our full bodies, those are 210 pounds, the full size human. So those get pretty pricey to ship. But um, the headless ones, we've kind of been able to ship ground because they can go in a box and whatnot. But depending on where they go, for sure. Um, if it's still West Coast area, um, we're pretty comfortable shipping them in a, a heavy duty box. But if it's going Central East Coast, we want to ship it freight still so it gets there safely. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so let's say I was to order one, I would have probably about three to four weeks to use it before it would start to lose its... Yeah, it, it all depends, like Chris was saying, on what you're doing with it. So yeah. if you want it to be as accurate as possible, I recommend to use it within the first week. Mm-hmm. As soon as you get it, you know, you got, I would say, seven days before it starts to lose the moisture in it. And the moisture just, just just starts to come out of the the product. They start sweating it out. So after that, it's more of like if it's a fun target, you wouldn't have to really worry about if it's, you know, somebody with disposable income and just wants them for fun. You don't really have to worry too much unless you're using a sword on it. You don't want to because you will get injured if you try to just slam it with a sword and it doesn't want to cut because it's too hard and all the moisture is out of it. Mm -hmm. You will definitely blow your shoulder out. (laughs) Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. We also have, I mean, that's our most expensive product, but we have, we our blocks go all the way down below a hundred. We do our heads. Our current retail price on the heads is 250. So, I mean, there, there's really products for everyone. And like Weston brought up earlier, we do. Custom. So, I mean, if somebody has an idea and they want to do something like kind of off the, off the uh, cusp, we'll, you know, we can build it for them. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, my mind's already spinning. Okay, how could I do this? This would be kind of, it just <laughs> looks, it's gross. It looks like, it is gross. There's one where, okay, the entire torso with the head on it, and there's blood coming out. You get these pictures where it's at that moment. And I think especially as a female, I should be like, ew, it's so disgusting. I can't look at it. But it is kind of cool and also just so realistic that I think if nothing else, it would also be a good training aid to a degree here and there for some people to train, which is why I could see why it'd be so popular with law enforcement and military. Yeah. Well, one thing we do for the general public or for people who 
want to use the product in a video and actually try to monetize off the video still, as we all know, we're having mm-hmm. lots of fun with social media right now is we offer either green, blue, another color of blood. So it's not as human. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the videos, the person just called, Hey, this is my friend alien. This is my alien from, you know, wherever yeah. we can actually modify the faces into like a zombie or, or we're, we're working on an alien one as well. So that would give people an option to dehumanize it a little bit if it's not just for training purposes, if it's for a little bit more fun yeah. and, and people would still be able to use it in the video and get some return on it. Or even to somebody like you, maybe you don't want to see what it looks like to shoot a human being. You'd rather shoot, you know. Mm-hmm. That's Joe actually a really good idea that you yeah. would change things up like that. And I think that would make all the difference. Yeah. For people who want to find you guys on line, where can they? Everywhere. We're on all platforms. <laughs> Ballistic um, You can go lab. to our website. It's www.ballisticdummylab.com. And then our Instagram, Facebook, YouTube is all Ballistic Dummy Lab, as well as our TikTok all right, cool. um, and Twitter. Awesome. Weston dances with the dummies on TikTok, so you guys got to check that one out. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. Okay, then I we definitely get to, will. We get to play. <laughs> nice. Yeah, okay. That's cool. Do you guys have anything really cool planned for the future that you want to share with us? Right now, one of the cool things that we're going to do, we're actually working with a really awesome body armor company, um, Premier Body Armor. Oh, nice. Uh, We're doing a torture test on their level 3A soft vest, which is like a full wraparound vest, and then their level 3 plates as well. So we're going to throw them on the dummy and see what we can... uh, how bad we can mess up some ribs and whatnot and mm-hmm. show, put the proof to the pudding on what they, I mean, they've done a lot of testing on it and it seems amazing. So we're going to, we want to see some proof to it and show everybody else out there the proof to it. Cause mm-hmm. uh, I don't think it'll phase our, our products very much, but hmm. we'll see. Yeah, definitely. That's really cool. And when do you guys plan to do that? In the upcoming weeks, I'd say three weeks or so. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to make sure that I stay on the lookout for that because that would be interesting. Lately, I've been really interested in body armor and I have some, but it's one of those things where it's super expensive. So you don't really want to test it to see if it works. You're just going to take their word for it because, well, I spent $400 on this, so we'll just assume it works. But I think it's, it's always nice to see that kind of testing done, especially using your dummies. I think that that would be really helpful even just to see what it destroys internally if it does add any. Exactly. And then also other stuff that we've been working on. Chris has been focusing a lot on R&D and and, uh, trying to bring out a lot of new products. We're in development with a lot of things. I don't want to say too much. Um, I'll let him do that if he wants to. Yeah. I mean, I could say, I I just want to follow up real quick on one thing that I'm really interested in the body armor. Um, We're fortunate enough that they're actually sending us one of those backpack plates, too, because Wes and I both have kids who go to, you know, well, his aren't quite in public school yet, but mine are. So I want to do a test on that backpack plate, and I'm definitely going to throw one in my kid's backpack and train them how to use it properly and whatnot. Yeah. I think it's a really cool thing to have. Absolutely. Unfortunately, I feel like it's one of those things where it's kind of a must at this point in today's world, which is sad. Yeah, I mean, for 150 bucks, I think it's a no-brainer having at least yeah. the peace of mind that they have a fighting chance. You exactly, know? exactly. Completely um, agree. But yeah, as, as far as R&D goes, the coolest thing that I think we just signed a contract 
less than a month ago. It's with a company called GTD and they're up in Canada and they're a biomedical engineer company. Mm -hmm. And we're actually partnering with them to find the perfect synthetic bone formula. That's phase one. So we're going to actually create it in our lab and they're going to do all the testing and kind of guide us. Wow. So we'll have, we'll have the perfect bone that simulates human bone. And then we're going to go one step further and create an entire head. So it'll be an entire human head that's 99.9 anatomically accurate. And our testing, oh, this is the part you edit, right? Yeah. <laughs> our testing. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it in there, please. Our, our testing platform is going to be against blunt force trauma, stabbing, and bullets. Uh-huh. So we have three different criteria that we have to meet for this thing. So it's going to be a pretty badass little head we're going to create. Yeah, no kidding. Wow, that's really cool. And then also in addition to where they can find you online, you guys are actually going to offer listeners a code that they can get. What is it, 10% off? Yeah. And what is that code? It's going to be GUNFUNNY10. Okay. GUNFUNNY10, and that gets you 10% off. And again, that website is BallisticDummyLab.com. All right. Well, moving forward, IWIs. Guys, if you haven't checked out the Masada pistol, you're missing out. It's one of my favorite pistols, especially for the cost. MSRP is $480 and you get a ton of features. It's optic ready. In fact, I just ordered new sights for it. They're SIG pattern sights, which will fit. And I changed mine out the other day so that I can co-witness with the red dot on mine. In fact, it was interesting because I posted a picture of the Masada pistol on Instagram on GunFunny and a lot of people chimed in that they love the gun. One guy was like, yeah, I really want to test it before buying. And everybody's like, dude, just buy it. You're not going to be dissatisfied. I highly recommend if you can get your hands on one, do so. Check their stuff out at iwi.us. And as always, if you find any accessories that you like, 15% off all accessories when you use the code GUNFUNNY15. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political. Congressional Research Service report on pistol braces. This week, a report from the Congressional Research Service, a nonpartisan government think tank that creates reports for congressional members, was leaked on pistol braces. William J. Kroos, a specialist in domestic security and crime policy, wrote the report, which details the long history of the ATF and stabilizing braces. The CRS confidentially works with members of Congress. So we don't know who requested the report or what side of the issue they're on, but we know the gun grabbers want to go after braces. The report, of course, summarizes the recent events when the ATF prepared to reclassify pistol braces as illegal SBRs if they fell into arbitrary criteria they refused to disclose. The report does explain how pistol braces help a disabled shooter use an AR and AK type pistol, and that the first model developed was specifically for that exact purpose. It details that shooters can use stabilizing braces and similar devices as a quasi-shooter stock. The report states in his opinion that by adding a stock to certain pistols, it changes the firearm to SBR or SBS and is subject to NFA regulations. Krauss points out that November 2012 ATF ruling that installing a stabilizing brace 
does not change the firearm classification. He then discussed the ATF's 2015 open letter, which implied that the simple act of shouldering a brace-equipped pistol would constitute modification and therefore be an illegal SBR. Then the subsequent follow-on letters where they walked back these statements. The report even covers the court case in 2018 where the government charged a man with possession of an unregistered SBR because his AR pistol had a cheek rest and length of pull was greater than 13.5 inches. The man was acquitted because the ATF incorrectly measured the length of pull, which, wow, not surprised there. Mm-hmm. Carl stated, this case is an example of how the absence of definitive determinations about the legality of firearms equipped with stabilizing braces or similar devices may create repercussions. The report also stated that the government believes there are 10 to 40 million pistols equipped with braces in the country. This is far more than most people have previously estimated, which is insane because if they want to reclassify braces now, that would be making 10 to 40 million people. Well, I'm assuming some people have more than one, but that is a lot of people that you'd be making criminals just overnight. The document ends with the firearms right advocates view that stabilizing braces are a viable alternative to creating an NFA firearm. He also points out that anti-gun advocates want to see the ATF reverse course on its brace rulings and have called on Congress to act. While the report is on the surface unbiased, and like I said, we don't know which congressional representative requested it, this is just another reminder that we need to keep reminding our representatives that gun control is not the answer. We do know there are some congressional representatives on our side. Matt Gates, for example, is the one who sounded the alarm on the ATF last summer trying to go after braces. Pretty interesting. We'll see what happens. But I think we're definitely, and I've said this in previous episodes, but I think we're definitely in for a wild ride, if nothing else, for the next four years. To say the least. I can't believe they're guesstimating 10 to 40 million. That's a big gap. It's a right. large gap. Yeah, I know. That actually is. Yeah, that's a good point. Although, 10 to 40 million. That's yeah. the 30 million difference just gets me really hard. Yeah, I know. I know that even when I was talking to certain manufacturers that make braces, yeah, in just this model alone, we sold 3 million of. And that was just one model. And I'm pretty sure SB Tactical has, I don't know, at least 20 different braces out there. Oh, yeah. I would, I'm sure there's so many out there. It's just, yeah. What other numbers do they uh, manipulate like that? 10 to 40 or, yeah. you know, <laughs> in the world in general. Yeah, no well, kidding. Well, something I don't understand is like, okay, so wouldn't it be, if you're really going to go down this road, wouldn't it be cool to have a study on how many criminals are caught with braces? Oh, I know. I know. Let's start with that number. And I'd be willing to wager that it's a very, very low percentage. Yeah. There's no research on that. I'm just using logic. And then beyond that, so let's say you do have this 90-something percent of people that have braces, are good-standing citizens, and they're using it for um, self-defense or or something similar. Why the hell would you not want them to hit their target? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>? no kidding. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. It's ridiculous. It's the same thing with 80% quote-unquote lowers. They want to ban these, but yet where's the evidence that all of these 80% quote unquote firearms are used in a crime? There's there very isn't. few. Yeah. Just, there isn't any evidence in general, I don't think, right? There's, I think <laughs> that I know of, there was one crime. 
that I can name off yeah. the top of my head. I mean, most criminals can't really afford like high-end equipment anyways. Well, I also don't or think they, that they don't have believe the, they need to build a rifle to I don't think they have the knowledge, to be honest with you. I don't yeah. think that they're that smart. And I don't think a lot of criminals are that gun savvy. But probably not. I don't know. Anyways, Manicore arms. If you've got a Yugo M92, M85 crank or pep, you've probably said at times, I really wish I could put a better muzzle device on this. Problem is finding something that fits that large 26 by 1.5 left hand thread, which is not common. Manicore Arms has you covered though with both the Eclipse Flash Hider and the Nightbreak. Both are precision machine to fit the odd thread pattern perfectly and they're marketed to indicate they're US made to maintain 922R compliance. Both are great muzzle devices. I highly recommend the Nightbreak. That's my personal favorite, but I don't think you'd be disappointed with either. Check it out at manicorearms.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15 and that will get you 15% off. Today's Q&A. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Red dot for EDC. What are your thoughts? Yes or no? Personally, I think that that's the direction that we're going to be heading. I feel pretty confident in saying that most guns for self-defense especially are going to have a red dot on them. And if you've ever used one, you realize pretty quickly how much quicker it is to get on target and fire versus having to line up those sights. The only thing that I would recommend is make sure that you have a reliable red dot because there's definitely a lot of crappy red dots out there and make sure that it has backup irons if the battery dies. There are certain sites out there that you can co-witness, and that's what I would recommend. The other thing, it obviously is going to add a little bit more bulkiness to it, although lately we've seen a lot of pistol optics come out that are pretty small. They take up very little real estate, and I think that they're probably only going to get better and lighter. Have you guys had a chance to use any of the red dot optics on pistols? I have, personally. I love them. We shoot at Terran Tactical a lot. I've shot with a lot of his guns and his STI that he builds is absolutely phenomenal. One of my favorite guns to shoot and his had a red dot on it and it's great. Mm -hmm. But is it legal in California, the EDC with the red dot? Um, you know, that's uh, a honestly, good I think question. there's some sort of like law about it out here. They're like trying to pass it, but I, I can't remember if I, maybe I'm. Well, first of all, I'm I wouldn't on something else. I wouldn't be surprised if they were trying to pass <laughs> some law because. There's no rhyme or reason to any of the laws that they want to pass. Yeah. To my knowledge, I didn't think that there was, but who knows? Anything's possible. For all I know, they're probably like, it makes you shoot faster. You can get on target quicker. And God forbid you save your life. Yeah. California is just, they're on something. That whole law that they were trying to pass where if somebody breaks in your house, if you can leave, you're required to leave. What the hell? Granted, as an instructor, yeah, avoidance is key. And if you could avoid using deadly force or anything like that, like, absolutely. But to be required to leave. And then I just saw something else where somebody suggested that we pay criminals not to kill people. <laughs> I can't even make this up. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was California, that suggestion. Oh, came out goodness. Of. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to look into that because I'm actually not sure. Like I said, I don't think so. But who the hell knows? But yeah, if you have the opportunity to use a red dot, I would definitely recommend 
get it on your gun that you're using for home defense, your concealed carry, and just train with it because there is a slight learning curve, but once you got it, it's so much easier. Okay, primary arms. They offer so many products. I think it's like 13,000 products from over 400 companies. So definitely check out all of the stuff that they have. If you've already picked up a red dot for your rifle and you want to zoom in on it, you should check out the three times magnifier from Primary Arms. It's designed with generous eye relief and fast focus. It works with any standard 30 millimeter mount, so you can pick your favorite flip mount to install for quick use. Like all primary arms optics, they're built tough and still affordable. The cost for this one's only $70. And remember, if you use the code AVA, A-V-A, you will get a free scope mount with every primary arms optic. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Walther just released the new PDP, Performance Duty Pistol. PDP. Say it quickly and it's a little difficult. I've only seen it. I haven't had it in my hands. But two things that struck me immediately upon seeing it. First, the slide serrations. Front and back are large and aggressive, which has become a lot more popular lately. So you have a good solid grip. Track the slide, even if your hands are sweaty. Second, the grip comes textured in a way that you don't see on factory guns. It almost looks like a laser stippling job, but a little different. I don't really know how to describe it. You kind of just have to look at it, but I haven't felt one, but people have described it as feeling almost like grip tape, which is good because let's say you have blood on your hands, you're sweating, and instantly you get nervous, you're in a self-defense situation, your hands are definitely going to get sweaty. The grip also includes a tapered angle, which is supposed to help make the grip more natural and aid in acquiring the red dot faster. The trigger design's brand new and reportedly very clean with a short reset. And another cool thing that Walther did is they followed the industry trend of modular components in the PDP design. There are two different frame sizes, three different slide lengths, which you can mix. They have a compact, a 4-inch, and a 4.5-inch. Also, they didn't change up the mags, so any of the PPQ mags will work with this PDP gun. So that's also nice, especially if you already have PPQ mags on hand, or if nothing else, they're a lot more available to the public. MSRP is $649. I'd like to get my hands on it. I don't really have a lot of experience with Walther. It's definitely not a brand that I shoot that often. Do you guys? Um, I do not shoot Walther at all. I've never shot any Walther. Yeah, I've shot a few, but it's kind of weird. They're a big company, but for some reason, their products aren't as available, I guess, in a lot of gun stores. You don't see Walther as much. I think the only Walther I ever held was a PBK. It was my grandfather's. Hmm. You know, the old school. Yeah. Yeah. But my grandfather used to have like a collection of just beautiful guns that were all custom, all smithed and bitchin', you know, like pearl handled. Yeah. 1911s. Nice. Then he got rid of them. Oh, boy. He's a scaredy cat. No, he needed the money. Oh. Collection. He ended up, I think he sold his collection for over 100 grand. Dang. That's insane. Which is crazy. Well, at least he didn't get ripped off, hopefully. Yeah. Stupid. Funny. Cool. Interesting. Awesome. As. Never mind.
AF. Second Amendment fact check. You guys have said it previously, social media right now and posting anything. God, they all just freak out. And they started freaking out about stuff that's actually not even wrong. We've all been seeing insane levels of fact checking going on. This week, though, has been just blatantly insane. So many people on Instagram made a single post with a screenshot that showed the text of the Second Amendment. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. One example mentioned, have you seen the text of H.R. 127? Most of the posts did not have any other text, though. They were all immediately, quote-unquote, fact-checked and labeled as false. If you open the CY Fact Checker Says This Is False, it brought up an article about a fake quote attributed to George Washington. The quote was, a free people ought not only be armed and disciplined, but they should have sufficient arms and ammunition to maintain a status of independence from any who might attempt to abuse them, which could include their own government, which still makes no sense. Whether George Washington said that or not has nothing to do with the simple, factual, and undeniable text contained in the Second Amendment. Nowhere was George Washington or that quote mentioned. They simply labeled the text of the Second Amendment as false. People who shared it, they shared screenshots of the warning and they didn't remove it. Their account was in danger of deletion for spreading false information. Isn't this getting out of control? 100%. Yeah, it's insane. In fact, even in my Patreon group, Somebody posts something and I get notifications where some member violated whatever community guidelines. And I look, this is what they, what did they violate? Or sometimes it won't even show me because it's so bad. It's just ridiculous. So bad. Yeah. What can someone do that's so bad on Patreon? I know. Chris, are you still with us? I am. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I just want to make sure. Well, every time I try to chime in, Weston jumps ahead of me. Yeah. Just- well, yeah. Weston, can you like just that. share the microphone a little bit? gosh don't hate on the redhead come on (laughs) isn't chris redhead too? i'm half half red i'm like he's got a red beard that's about it no it's red and silver hey be nice (laughs) (laughs) i said silver i I earned all my silver yeah Um, no yeah i mean i i'm uh being in the film industry as well it's terrifying to see the cancel culture and there's going on also on, on, on all the social media platforms that we entrenched ourselves into. And honestly, I entrenched myself into it because of business. Yeah. So that my, my business platform ter- being torn down in front of me is terrifying. Watching these actors get canceled from shows for views. Mm-hmm. I know some of them may have been extreme or whatnot, but you should not get pulled from a show because of your political views. Mm-hmm. I know. That. People need to go go and have a little history lesson about McCarthyism and, you know, see what happened back then. Mm-hmm. No, it's, no. It's yep. iTunes reviews. Guys, if you haven't left a review, please do so. And if nothing else, a really good reason is Goat Guns is giving away a goat gun to a lucky winner every show. If you guys aren't familiar with goat guns, they're little replica guns, pretty much like Legos for adults, but they're guns. And in fact, right now I'm looking at, I got a 50 uh, BMG and a handgun. They also have accessories that you can buy separately for your guns and stuff. It's just like so freaking cool, but definitely check it out. Goatguns.com. 
first review is Pro Ford Guy. Just getting into guns, five stars. I started listening to the show just before Christmas. I wasn't sure what to expect. I found it to be very entertaining and I got hooked really quickly. I keep telling myself I wasn't going to build a gun and now I'm building an AR. Woohoo! It was very entertaining and this show will draw you in. I'm not up to the new episodes yet, but I will be very soon. Can't wait to hear what's to come. Second review, most ADD or most ad. I don't know. Excellent to a podcast five stars. Found you after guesting on Colian's show. Been listening ever since. Love the show and had to join the Patreon. Keep up the great work. Okay, guys, out of those two reviews, pick a lucky winner to win a goat gun. Well, I'm pretty biased right now because that guy's name says Ford in it. So I'm going to let Chris choose uh, <laughs> a random number right now and he can pick. All right, Chris. He's standing over the microphone. Where are you at, Chris? Yeah, I hear him. Uh, <laughs> random number. Random number. One or uh, two. One, the, one or two. The first or the choose, second? <laughs> I'll say one. One? Okay, most ADD. <laughs> no. I, I switched him up. Yeah, you can't do that, though, because Chris just picked Fine. the first guy. Fine. Now you're making things difficult. All right. You know what I'm going to do is pro four guy. You get the goat gun, most ADD, contact me, and I'm going to send you out an AF patch. But if you guys can, contact me at gunfunny.com. In fact, the last winner of last show contacted me. It was a female, but she didn't give me the right email address. So when I emailed her back to get her address, I wasn't able to. If you guys don't hear from me after contacting me, just send me another email. All right, time to wrap up. You guys can find me at gunfunny.com. If you like the show and you want to support it, you should consider becoming a Patreon. You can do so by going to gunfunny.com and just click on the support the show link. Blown Deadline is giving away a $300 gift certificate every month to a lucky Patreon. Also wanted to thank the $25 and up Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran, 8888, Ryan Morrison, Joe Lyons, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Joshua Hamp, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, and Melissa Ridings. King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. He wants me to say that leading hand sanitizers claim they can kill 99.9% of germs. Operator Tickles kills 100% of whatever the hell she wants. <laughs> Operator Tickles, that's my dog. Did you, guys uh, see, did you guys see Tactical Taz at the event? Yes, we did. That was like so cute. I know. Well... I don't want to talk shit about Tactical Taz, but Tickles is so much cuter. She's, she's a little more operator, too. Just putting that out there. But once again, guys, really appreciate you spending this afternoon with me. Can you just remind listeners where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, our website is www.ballisticdummylab.com. Okay, cool. Guys, go and check out their website. Follow them on social media. And on that note, we are out of here. Thank you for having us. Of course. This is a blast. Of course. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.